Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Fate FM, a drive time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And where we look at the world, religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. And if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, please text me at 04-888-808-11 or visit our website faithfm.com.au. You can write an email to info at faithfm.com.au. This is a special uh, day. Uh, it's uh, that time of the year when uh, uh, people are um, looking uh, forward, you know, to um, to come to enjoy uh, getting together with family and uh, spend some more precious time together in family. And Christmas time always was, I, I remember even from uh, early age, that was very special, very important. We also started this week with uh, some questions in regard to this special time of the year. Did God promise his son? Why is Jesus better than Santa? Is a virgin birth possible? And then uh, we talked about the Christmas Eve Today is a Christmas day and uh, we are going to look a little bit more into what that means to receive gifts. How many more gifts do we need? I would like to welcome today David Lima from Family Voice Australia. David, it's good to have you with us again. Yes, and a Merry Christmas to you, Nick. Yes, and you know, I, when I looked at the the program we are going to do today, I thought, where this year went? Mm, that's right. And Christmas is here already, and um, Family Voice Australia has a very keen interest in how the nations are governed. Yes. And can you tell me how the Christmas season gives you the opportunity to speak to the community about Christmas message and the, the proper role of government? Yes. Well, there's so much that could be said. We rejoice in Christ the Saviour, whose birth we celebrate today, even if it may or may not be the right exact day, but uh, God is accommodating. Uh, it's good to celebrate the birth of Christ, and of course the Magi did that, the shepherds, the angels. Yes. The government will be on his shoulders, we read, and that's yet to happen. Christ claims all earthly thrones, powers, rulers, and authorities now, but we're yet to see that definitively, we might say. But that day will come. Uh, that will be a glorious day. So Christmas is really all about anticipating that. And when we look at the biblical narratives, well, we'll get them in uh, Matthew's Gospel and in Luke's Gospel. Uh, Luke in particular, he commences his first book of Christian origins, which is the Gospel of Luke, and he commences his second volume, which is the book of Acts, in reference to the most excellent 
Theophilus. So he's writing, it seems, to a civic authority. So that's the starting point, mm. really. The, the gospel there and the book of Acts are addressed to a civic authority. And Paul's own apostolic commission in the book of Acts, the ninth chapter, Jesus says, this is my, my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings. Mm-hmm. So this, king, this kingly application of the gospel is something that we need to come to grips with. So Christmas is very helpful there, especially as we see some contrasts between, for example, Herod the Great on the one hand and the wise men on the other. And there's another contrast I like to make between Joseph and Mary on the one hand and Judas the Galilean on the other. And still another contrast between Jesus the Good Shepherd, who will shepherd Israel uh, on the one hand, and the ordinary shepherds on the other. So those, mm. those contrasts I think are very helpful to make at Christmas time. That's right, and uh, let's let's look um, at those uh, areas one at a time, if we can. Firstly, what can we learn, David, from the example of uh, Herod, the great uh, and the wise man? Yes, yes, Herod the Great. I like to call him Herod the Great Sinner. He was a, a man of huge sin, and. The listeners will recall from their understanding of Scripture that the wise men, or the magi, as they're perhaps more properly yes. called, they saw the star, they knew that the king, the newborn king of the Jews was arriving, they journeyed to Jerusalem, they pay a courtesy call to Herod the Great, mm-hmm. and uh, everyone is stirred by this, especially Herod, because he thought that he was the king of the Jews, whereas they are coming to worship the newborn king of the Jews, so this didn't go down too well. And Herod was a tyrannical man. He killed members of his own family, and he wanted to kill this newborn king of the Jews. So he he tells them, as the listeners will know, to go and make a careful search for the child, then to return, that I too may worship, he says. He's, he's a liar. He, do, he doesn't want to worship. He wants to kill. Now, the, the Magi, sometimes they're called the wise men, or the three kings of the East. We don't know the number. Mm-hmm. There were, of course, three gifts. So it's not illogical to say three wise men or three Magi or three kings, whatever they were. Uh, but we simply don't know the number. Uh, they're more Pagan astrologers, I think, but yet they yes. were men of standing, though. Yes, correct. Because they could come and see Herod, uh, and they were rich enough to make a, a journey with those substantially valuable gifts mm-hmm. in the ancient world. So they were, they were statesmen, I think, of some description. And so we contrast his behavior with theirs. They want to worship Christ and give him everything, whereas Herod thinks only about killing Yes. So that's a very important contrast. And we need governments here today, Nick, which will give Christ his due, Mm. give him his place, give Mm. him recognition, and not try to take his place. And yet increasingly governments are taking to themselves really the role of God. The government is my shepherd, I shall not want. Uh, We're relying increasingly on government instead of looking to God to supply uh, he only asks 10% of us, for example. Yes. Uh, and yet the governments are uh, fleecing us of all this taxation, wasting the money, and, uh, and spending it even on murder, dare I say, mm. when we think of the, the killing of the unborn, which is really part of the Christmas story. Yes. Yes. It's, it's not one that we want to dwell on. It sort of spoils the day, but there it is in the scriptures. 
And as we talk here uh, right now, David, it's an unfortunate thing that uh, uh, legislation is to be passed, and you know mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that's that's an unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, hey, uh, David, just um, uh, going further. Now you mentioned about uh, a contrast uh, between uh, Judas, the Galilean, yes, and Joseph and Mary. Yes. Can you explain that? Indeed. Well, the census occurred, and. A census can be a good or a bad thing. Uh, Scripture speaks both positively and negatively about a census. It's good to assess the needs of the community in order to serve the community. That's a good role of government. But it's wrong for governments to assess the number of people that they have in order to know how strong and secure they are in their own fleshly abilities. And so, of course, King David of old was rebuked horrendously Mm. for doing exactly that. Uh, So he should have known better. But at the time of the census, and God used this wonderfully, Mary and Joseph dutifully take themselves along to Bethlehem. So there's a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy from the book of Micah there that the Messiah will be born in Bethlehem. And remarkably, government was the instrument which fulfilled the prophecy. So I love government, despite all my (laughs) great Mm, criticisms, mm. Nick, which I make on this program (laughs) regularly. Uh, But I love conceptually God's gift of government, and I long for the day that governments will do the right thing. So Mary and Joseph, they, they submitted themselves wonderfully to the government there to participate in the census in contrast with Judas the Galilean and we read about him in the book of Acts the fifth chapter and for him right that's it this is the last straw of the census that's it I've had enough and he leads a band of rebels out into the desert they're chased after by the government authorities and they are executed so God was clearly not with them uh, and it didn't work out so there's a wonderful contrast between the response of Judas the Galilean on the one hand and Mary and Joseph on the other see governments can't do their job properly unless the citizens do their duty so we need to pray for government to participate in government to obey to the extent that government is serving the community and not contradicting the faith and so we see Mary and Joseph really as good citizens beautiful that's right and uh, just another question here and uh, we're looking at at the contrast Mm. between Jesus Mm. the good shepherd and the shepherds who were visited by the angels indeed what what you can share uh, with this contrast when King Herod realizes that the Magi have come here to greet the newborn king of the Jews They want to know where the child should be found. Herod doesn't know. What would he know? Mm -hmm. Uh, So he asks his biblical scholars, and they refer to the Old Testament and quote, and you find this in Matthew chapter 2, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Mm. So Jesus is the shepherd of his people Israel. Now when Jesus was walking on the earth, he wanted to refer to himself as a shepherd, but he had to qualify it. So he calls himself the good shepherd. Mm. Because if he, if he were just to say shepherd, people would think, well, what does that mean? Because the shepherds were so distrusted. In fact, according to Jewish law, the shepherds could not give testimony in court. Yeah, They were regarded as Utterly, low class, utterly yeah. untrustworthy because mm. they were out there looking after the sheep constantly. They couldn't go to the temple and go to the synagogue and have all the washings and make the sacrifices, etc. So they were, they were outside of the faith. But remarkably, they are the ones who are called upon by the angels to be among the first witnesses. We're getting really the whole gospel message in miniature in the 
Christmas narrative because we've got these pagan magi astrologers. And we don't believe in astrology, Nick, and I encourage anyone who's listening, don't read the horoscope in the advertiser yeah, or the yes. newspaper every day yes. because it's a load of rubbish. But nevertheless, God can reach out to people in their sin and he, he can even speak to them through their astrological interests because he's also sovereign of the cosmos and we'll touch on this on the new year broadcast in a week's time but those pagans who didn't belong they were on the outside they were on the edge they are brought in and it's prefiguring the day when the holy spirit will be poured out on all flesh and the non-jews the gentiles the pagans who don't belong will be grafted in and then the shepherds who don't belong who are ostracized who are always told to be quiet we don't want to hear your testimony in court thank you very much they are the ones who were the first to see the babe and we read in luke's gospel that they then go out and they start telling people and it says that people were amazed by what the shepherds said they're amazed by what the shepherds said so nick there may well be some of our listeners out there who are feeling, I don't belong in church, I could never go there, I'm mm. too sinful, mm. uh, God doesn't love me. But the gospel is for everyone, the good news of Jesus is for everyone. And so I encourage any of the listeners who are feeling that they don't qualify, well, none of us qualify, except for what Christ has done. So on this day, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, I do pray that our listeners, all of them, those who, who are in, in the fold and those who are yet to come into the fold, that all will respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit to come in, not because they're good to come in, but because Christ is sufficient. Yes, thank you very much, uh, David, for sharing with us, uh, and uh, I miss you next year. Then I'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. God bless until then, and uh, we'll we'll see you back uh, uh, New Year time.
to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care. Take us to heaven to live with thee there. Take us to heaven to live. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. What a special day today to remember about the birth of Jesus. And uh, it was wonderful to be able to catch up with uh, David uh, again uh, for for this year. And uh, we may have only one program this year with him. But it's always a pleasure to talk to David and um, hear a little bit more uh, news also from uh, He's traveling around uh, from church to church, groups to group, and and um, supporting the Christian way, even in a political world. And he was talking quite a bit about the involvement and the role of governments into also this aspect of uh, of uh, faith and um, and beliefs in the birth of Jesus Christ. My co-host today is. Uh, Ross Craig from Western Australia and uh, Ross, it's wonderful to be able to come together in this special uh, day and uh, welcome to the program. Thank you, Nick. It's it's great. It's an awesome day and it's a day, as you said uh, during the intro, it's a day when families can get back together and aren't we blessed with the whole corona thing that families can get back together? Yes, yes. And as we progress uh, today, uh, Ross, uh, definitely I'm going to look a little bit into this aspect of um, gifts. Uh, people are so used and sometimes you may miss out the real thing, you know, uh, just focusing on gifts, you know, and as yeah. children, definitely we are trapped into this, you know, just waiting for uh, that special time to open the, the gifts. But uh, Ross, um, if I if I could start with this, um, gifts seems to be a relevant theme for today. Absolutely. It sure does, Nick. <laughs> I think a good place to begin with, with, with such a theme, would be the beginning. Yeah. And look at the obvious. That would be today, around the world, many gifts would be each and every hour today, or maybe even less than an hour, somewhere yeah. on the planet Earth, someone will be reaching under the tree looking into a, a stocking or tearing off the wrapping of paper or opening a card or in some way just receiving a gift. Questions are, I suppose, why, when and where 
did all this gift giving begin? At Christmas, there are so many gifts. It can't be just a coincidence, surely. No, well, you're right there, Nick. It, it, it can't be a coincidence. But the questions about where, when and why did this all begin? Wow. <laughs> Some great questions there, Nick. There are many, many theories out there as to when it all began. There's many mixed ideas about the why, the when and the where. I've heard there uh, is a link to a pagan festival. Could that be the source? Well, that's certainly one of the theories for sure. There's a pagan festival that's held just somewhere around the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, it dates back a long way, but there is no firm connection between it and our modern Christmas, although they did have some gift giving. Well, I'm kind of glad to hear that, uh, Rose. <laughs> I wouldn't like to think there was um, any direct connection uh, mm. there. So if not the the winter Um, solstice festival, then where did the idea of giving gifts at this time of year came from? <laughs> well, like I, like I said just before, there are plenty of ideas to choose from. A little bit like some of the tables that people will be sitting down to uh, today, there'll be plenty to choose from. There's the idea that it may have actually started in the, in the early 1800s in New York City. There were celebrations back then. Uh, they moved from, uh, from the idea of public revelry into the homes and they became a bit more child-centred because before that, the, the, poor, the poorer classes or the downtrodden would not just beg on the streets, but at that time of year or at this time of year, they would demand that the better-off classes would give them something. And then they would take this and share it with others and, well, that would often turn into a, a raucous street party of one kind or another. But this moving from the public party into the home, of course, well, that kind of has started a whole other tradition, Nick. Wow. Uh, it sounds like uh, this might be about the time, the link between Christmas and um ever-growing consumerism was born. Yeah. yeah, you're spot on there, Nick. Absolutely. Capitalism is never shy about exploiting any celebration if there's a buck to be made. Mm. Uh, what about the idea of uh, uh, St. Nicholas? Uh, I'm sure you heard about uh, that, Ross. Uh, surely mm. that, uh, that's, there is something to that tradition. Yeah, yeah. And again, Nick, there is an apparent link, but there's nothing really solid. Now, St. Nicholas, well, he's quite well known. He's the patron saint of sailors, uh, merchants, um, uh, repentant thieves, uh, prostitutes and uh, children, oh, and, and, and a lot more, a lot more. But he did have this reputation for secret gift giving, and that appears to have just sort of evolved among the faithful to that denomination mm. around the 4th century AD. And reputations such as this were a common phenomenon about that time. Okay, okay. Speaking about uh, links based in tradition, there's the one involving good King Wenceslas. It says mm. that some early Christian rulers 
taught that gift giving should be from the lower classes to the ruling classes. This mm-hmm. dates back to around 900s AD and began to change around the turn of that one millennium as a result of the good king being a gift giver. Then around the Protestant uh, Reformation, gifts to children became popular. Hey, look, Mick, that's, that's quite true. There is a widely held belief today that the giving of gifts at Christmas uh, is actually symbolic of the gifts given to the baby Jesus by the, well, they say three wise men, but we don't know for sure. All we know is that there were three gifts. They're sometimes called the wise men or king or magi. Either way, it's fair to say that there are quite a few theories around. But we should always try to remember the real story. Yes, and that is that God in Christ gave the most amazing gift of all. Uh, so true. Absolutely, Nick. This gift is something that we should be eternally grateful for. And, you know, it reminds me a little bit of a movie Uh, that came out back in about 1993. It was based on a true story. It's a movie called Schindler's List. And uh, for those that haven't actually seen the movie, look, by all means, I would recommend this is a fantastic movie. Uh, It's about a a guy called Oscar Schindler, who was quite a wealthy man. He had factories and things. Uh, But just a, a long story down short, during... Uh, I suppose getting towards the end of that world war, um, he became convicted that he needed to start saving people rather than making money. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, o- over the, the space of a, of a year or so, he saved about 1,100 Jews uh, from certain death. But just before the war ended, um, the group of the Jews that he had saved uh, got together to show their appreciation and they gave him a ring bearing the inscription, whoever saves one life saves the entire world. Wow. That was given out of, yeah, I mean, that is, that's awesome. That was a, a gift given from gratitude. Beautiful. That's a powerful story, uh, Ross. And it could be said that uh, we should be even more grateful for the gift given to us. God mm. himself gave everything for us when it says in um, Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, though he, he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man. Oh, look, that is so true. That is so true. He gave more than his fortune. He gave absolutely everything, including his blood. So, Nick, let me ask you a question. One, I've asked quite a few people before, and let's see if we can reach an answer. So, what makes a gift a gift? All right, that's a very good question, Ross. Well, it's something you, you didn't pay for it, I guess. Yeah, well, that's true. That's, that's uh, a fairly common answer that I get because uh, it would be pretty disappointing if you had to pay for it yourself. <laughs> so people have answered this by saying it's something that you didn't expect. It's something that you'd like. It's usually wrapped. It's not expected. 
Uh, it's useful of personal value. It's something that makes you happy. And of course, it usually comes from a loved one. All right. I mean, all true, but I don't see the one thing about a gift that really makes it a gift, Ross. Yeah, that's true. The actual answer, <laughs> oh dear, the actual answer sometimes took a bit of prompting, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, so let's let the listeners off the hook and just tell them. Okay, then the one thing that makes a gift truly a gift is when it is received and accepted, uh, I, I suppose. That's it. That's the ticket. Unless you actually take possession of the take possession of the gift, it really is just something in nice wrapping paper, and it doesn't really have any value. Mm. That sounds a bit like um, uh, what Jesus did for us, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. As uh, the the verse you read, Nick, in Philippians, all that Jesus did for us is worthless. Absolutely worthless, unless we accept it. Then it's priceless, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if we don't accept it, it's worthless. And if we, when we do accept it, you're right, Nick, it's priceless. But you know, Nick, the Bible is full of promises of lots of gifts. And it starts way back in creation. That's right, Ross. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, the creation story we see in verses 28-29, God gave all of creation to the first man and woman. He even included their diet. <laughs> That's right. Hey, nothing's better than getting a free planet complete with a buffet. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, then, of course, uh, then of course, we made that mistake, didn't we? Mm. By listening to a voice other than the one who gave us everything we could possibly ever need, our common mother and father picked and ate that fruit they were told not to. But this ends up, uh, this story ends up with a gift as well. Mm. We see in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the promise of a saviour who would deal with the sin problem once and for all. What a wonderful gift. Wow, it would be fair to say, Ross, that the that promised gift in that very verse is the reason we celebrate today. Yeah. I mean... Flip over a few more chapters, Ross, and we see another amazing gift in Genesis chapter 9. That's true. That's the rainbow, eh? Yeah. I like to think of this as a commonly forgotten gift. It's a gift that reminds us that God will never destroy all life again by a flood. It's a promise or a covenant that he made with not just humans, but with all life. We don't have enough time to go to every promise of a gift there is in the Bible. Yeah, you're absolutely right there, Nick. There's just too many of them. So I suggest that we uh, have a look at some texts that point to the big ticket items, if you like. Let's begin uh, with something from James. And this makes it very clear where every good gift comes from. Mm. James, in the first chapter, in verse 17, it says that every good gift, every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. So, Nick, what do you think about that? Every good and wonderful gift is from God. 
That verse reminds me of a passage from a wonderful book called Steps to Christ. It says on page 21, The heart of God yearns over his earthly children with a love stronger than death. In giving up his son, he has poured out to us all heaven in one gift. The Savior's life and death and intercession the ministry of angels, the pleading of the Spirit, the Father working above and through all, the unceasing interest of heavenly beings, all are unleashed in behalf of man's redemption. Jesus, the Son, has presented us with heaven as a gift if we only want it. He will and is doing everything necessary and possible for us should we decide to accept that gift. Oh, that's a great promise right there, Nick. But hey, I've I've done some wrong things. Doesn't that mean that I've already been placed on the uh, the proverbial naughty list? Yeah, that's a that's a very good uh, um question uh, Ross there and hey you mean you've seen Ross mm. well let's see what the Bible has to say about that Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 6 verse 23 for the wages of sin is death mm. and if I stopped reading there it would be a very upsetting verse mm-hmm Good things we are going to read on because there's another gift coming up. The wages of sin are indeed death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, I really like the way that text ends. Uh, Eternal life is a free gift to those who accept what Christ did for us. Mm. Wow, that is so reassuring and definitely a gift worth having. But this is just one text, Nick, one text out of the whole Bible. So my challenge is, can you back up this claim with another, please? Let's go to Ephesians, Ross, in chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. What's that, Ross? Yeah, okay, that's very nice, Nick. That's very nice. And I guess we could have included, I suppose, that most famous of verses here too. John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Now, look, gave, there's a gift. Mm. Gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So are all gifts in the Bible just for us? That would seem to me to be just a bit selfish, that would be selfish, uh, but I can tell you uh, that indeed not every gift in Scripture is for us alone. In fact, we are told in, um, let's uh, turn to First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. Mm-hmm. A good steward of God's varied grace. This is anything but selfish. Yeah, 
That's true. So we all get gifts, but we are all to use what we get to help others. Well, that sounds fair. What I get, I use to help you, and what you get, you use to help me. Everybody gets something and shares it, and that way we all benefit. Mm. God is really organised. So then, what are all these gifts? I suggest that the best place, Ross, to see a list would be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Mm. Here it lists gifts of the Spirit that is given by the Holy Spirit for the common good. Mm. They include, but are not limited to, like wisdom, knowledge, memory, and so Mm. on. This chapter goes on to say that not everyone gets the same gift, but Mm. that all are important and useful for the common good. Actually, between um, those listed in Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, there are about 16 in all. Wow. So they include things like administration and ruling? Yes. Yep. Apostleship and pioneering? Absolutely, yeah. Discernment, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. How about encouraging and exhorting? Oh, that's uh, beautiful, and we need more of that. You know, absolutely, we do. Yes, we do. and and evangelism—that's another yeah, another one. News. Yeah, people may think that what's that important? Oh, sharing good news is always important. Hmm. Yeah. What and about faith. yes? What about faith <laughs> and uh, to be able to give? We just mentioned a bit earlier how good it is to give. Giving. Yeah, giving is actually a gift, isn't that awesome? <laughs> mm. Hospitality. Yeah, yeah, and then knowledge. Leadership. We've already mentioned that one. Yes, leadership also. Yeah. Now, sometimes people say that uh, they've seen in the Bible that uh, to be a pastor is a gift, and I just need to let them know that it's not pastor as in the job title. Yes. It's to be something like shepherding. All right. That is good to know from a pastor that you understand that thing, you know, Rose, because, yes, yeah, sometimes it can be looked in a, from a different angle. Uh, also, talking about prophecy, you know, in the Bible, we know that God gifted people with that wonderful gift of prophecy. Yeah, that's very true. And, and, he did, and he did with teaching as well. Correct, correct, yeah. Serving, as I know you are, um, uh, Ross, uh, heavily involved, you know, in serving in the community, even with the, uh, that um, uh, food pantry which you run uh, that's true. Over there in Western Australia. And I think that's a wonderful thing to do, Ross. Showing mercy, it's another one. Absolutely. As, as is, uh, as, that's also seen in our, I guess, in our food pantry as well. But I think a really important one too, Nick, is wisdom. And wisdom is, is, uh, I heard it described once as knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Mm. Wisdom is knowing not to use it in a fruit salad. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting one. <laughs> well, that's a really good explanation because wisdom is knowing how to use the knowledge you've got. I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that's that's quite a li- quite a list there, Nick. Absolutely. Yeah, and I can understand now how that no one person could possibly have all those because they would be 
well, one amazingly busy and probably very tired person. And it makes sense that we all get different gifts so that between a whole group of people, there would be enough variety to make everybody's life better. Mm. Oh, definitely. Hey, uh, Ross, just uh, right here, I would like to take a short break if, uh, if it's possible. Mm. And um, I would like to, to play a song here by um, Marletta Fong, Mary, Did You Know? Oh, no. Please stay with us, don't go anywhere, and we'll be back in a moment. This is Fate FM, Drive Time BQ&A, talking to Ross Craig from Western Australia. He's joining us via Zoom. And uh, on this uh, special day, when we talk about the greatest gift ever given, 
uh, about our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, as uh, Marletta Fong in this beautiful song, Mary, did you know? I wonder if uh, the mother of Jesus, Mary, she really, really understood, you know, what she's holding in her lap, you know. Obviously, she was a wonderful uh, lady and uh, a believer in uh, everything what God um, uh, promised. And we, Ross, uh, just before the break, we were uh, looking into um, quite a list of uh, gifts which God is giving us. And um, I wonder if we believe in what God is entrusting for each one of us and we mentioned some of uh, some of those uh, uh, beautiful uh, ones you know uh, looking in you know Romans Ephesians Corinthians uh, mm-hmm. and we 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 discussed just before the break about uh, you know to be able to discern to encourage to evangelize mm. to have faith i mean to give uh, to have hospitality to have knowledge and mm-hmm. and also to lead you know to have that gift of leadership and you you explain about what the pastor really really mean um ross and so on you know we look at, uh, at those those ones and and yes ross if we just remember that verse also in romans chapter 12 verse 6 which says having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us let us use them mm. life would be better all around. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. And like you said, you went through that list again very quickly and uh, you asked the question, do we really believe that we have the gifts that God is offering us? And if we do, exactly what that text says, if we do get have those gifts and we do use them uh according to the instruction that we were given in a text that we read a little bit earlier saying that we need to use them to benefit others, Mm. then, yeah, yeah, absolutely, life would be so much better all round. But we're going to run out of time soon, I guess, but how about we finish on uh, some of the great promises and gifts that are to come? Nice idea, Ross. Uh, All right. Um, Where would you like to start just to, to wrap it up? Yeah, I'd like to start with Luke 12, verse 32. And this is a great one because it says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants to give us heaven. We just have to want to accept it. Absolutely, absolutely. You're right. And now if I like to pick one, Ross, uh, I'll choose Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Because of one man's trespass, that reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness mm-hmm. reign mm-hmm. in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Even mm-hmm. though man sinned, when we talked about uh, this and we are all sinners, God, through Christ, is offering an abundance of grace to us all. Oh, what a gift. That's excellent. Hey, how about Matthew chapter 7, verse 7? A really quite well-known one, I guess. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. This is an amazing promise of gifts. If we truly look for him and his grace, 
we will find it and it will be ours. Absolutely, absolutely. And a great, uh, another great one to finish uh, with, um, uh, Rose, is Luke 11, verse 13. Mm. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? One of the greatest gifts on offer, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and that's what uh, we need, Ross, right now to be able to discern, to be able to take the right position, attitude in preparation of uh, the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ. To put an end to this uh, um, terrible time. And we mentioned early in uh, what a year this was. Yeah. What a year. Uh, and even though With all the challenges, we thank God that we went through. And what, uh, what's ahead of us, we have to trust in God and allow Him to, um, to take uh, care of us. Yeah, and that's a gift. <laughs> absolutely. It's an absolute gift. And, and through Him, we can be assured uh, of that salvation that you were talking about and the eternal life that Jesus Himself came to tell us about. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, so the greatest gift of all is Jesus, and Jesus. we thank God for that. And if we celebrate, uh, Christianity celebrates uh, the birth of Jesus Christ, I hope that this is not just a, a time of um, just uh, sporadically, let's say, remember about uh, the birth of Jesus, but otherwise just carry on with our own uh, plans and life, you know. I hope that this will really change our uh, perspective, our view of that amazing, amazing gift uh, which was given and we celebrate that in this period of time. Uh, Ross, uh, our time is up for today and thank you for joining us again, uh, Ross. Uh, and I uh, wish you uh, God's blessings uh, during this season and may you be blessed and continue to serve him in the Thanks. capacity, in the role you, you do there, not only as a pastor, but as a, a helping hands, you know, to many people in need there. And uh, mm. thank you for uh, being able to join us from time to time um, this year, which in very shortly will uh, we'll wrap it up. Um, and I'm looking forward to, to catch up with you, you know, uh, um, in the new year, maybe just say, uh, say to you, uh, happy new year when I will see yes, you, absolutely. when I'll see you again. Uh, but until then, uh, Ross, uh, take care and uh, say hello to all of your loved ones there in Western Australia. I will. Thanks, Nick. And, and to our, too. to our listeners also, I would like to mm. just, um, encourage you to keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus and have a wonderful time with family and the loved ones. May God richly bless you. I will leave you with uh, this beautiful song today, The Angels Cried, by Alan Jackson and Alison Krauss. They came from far, following a distant star to where he lay. 
Not being sure of what it meant But knowing it was heaven sent They made their way And the creatures gathered round And didn't make a sound And the angels cried Right. 